Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. From the early beginnings of mankind, humans have belonged to tribes. And this is because we're designed to live in community. Unlike animals, like the tiger, it's really hard to survive on our own. In fact, humans have the longest childhood of any animal on the planet. Can you imagine being on your own at three or five or even 10 years old? So for most of us, we aren't even completely on our own, even when we're adults. We have roommates, friends, and yes, sometimes even family. So why is independence so important in our romantic relationship? Now, I do agree that the need to spend time on your own, or at least separate from your significant other, is a continuum that we fall on in different places. And maybe that's really the crux of the matter. So to help unpack this independent versus dependent versus interdependent challenge, I've invited author and marriage and family therapist, Dr. Darlene Lancer, back to the show. So Dr. Lancer, thank you so much for coming on and talking about what's to be a really tricky situation in many couples. Well, you're talking about codependency, how that differs from healthy dependency in couples? Right, because you wrote a piece that I read on the Good Men Project titled, Are You Codependent or Interdependent? And there's mm-hmm. also this thing about independence versus like completely subsumed, completely relate, dependent, which I kind of look at as the real definition of codependence. So um, you, you kind of address the dependent-independent questions in that article. So could you expand on that a little bit? Sure. Uh, first of all, I want to just thank you for asking me to speak to your audience. Um, I always like to be able to educate people on something that's uh, often very misunderstood, and particularly in this area where uh, a lot of psychologists and writers <clears throat> blame the codependency movement for breaking up relationships <clears throat> and ignoring healthy dependency. However, they don't understand right. that codependent attachment is not uh, healthy. So they have codependents typically because of their childhood experience, have anxious attachment mm-hmm. or avoidant detachments. So they're either um, don't feel that they're close enough, and they usually bond with someone who is avoidant, so they're always pursuing that person or unhappy that they're not getting their needs met, or because Mm -hmm. of childhood experiences, people grow up and are afraid of closeness, usually either being shamed or abused or abandoned, and so they avoid relationships, and but they still have a need for dependency. They end up with someone who's going to pursue them. <laughs> so what happens is, and I've written about both in my book, Conquering Shame, uh, because shame underlies a lot of this, and also an article sure. I have on the dance of intimacy. So you have, um, they do this dance, and um, I diagram this in my book, where the unconscious needs of, that they each have are held in the other person. So I'm a pursuer, let's say, and I can't, you just don't spend enough time with me and I'm lonely and 
I complain about that. You're on the computer, you're with your friends, or you're just distant. And I don't honor my own needs for independence because, you know, you're opening. You said we all need, we have dependency needs, but we have both. So I don't know how this relates to the animal kingdom (laughs) because I'm not a zoologist, but um, we have needs for autonomy and we have needs for dependency. And uh, it's really interesting. Yeah, it's interesting that you point that out because the, the person who I did my supervision with was always talking about, you know, how can we be comfortable in our own skin, be on our own, but also be connected to other people. And I think that's what you're talking about in this dance. And you know, But I, I do think that, because I like to talk about that in relationships, it's not, it's, it's not complete independence because I'm not sure that's possible, but we don't want to be subsumed by what I call the marriage blob, this you know, completely dependent on the other person. But it's, it's more a matter of interdependence. But then that kind of, but that that kind of comes smack up against this concept of codependence. I actually had clients, and she was so frustrated because his individual therapist told him that she, who he had never met, was codependent, and she's just like, "No, I'm just married." <laughs> and she, you know, I mean, and and. And the way I was viewing her, the way she was in the relationship, it seemed pretty healthy. It wasn't like she was, you know, she didn't strike me as being codependent. So, again, that's a that's a whole other series about whether his therapist should have diagnosed her. But, but so what is this, this, the debate over interdependence and codependence? You started to talk about that, and I'd like to know more because I think that it's very confusing. Right. I just and I also want to just finish the paradigm I was setting up and that the the distancer or the avoidant person, he is not conscious of his need for connection. Until mm-hmm. maybe there's a breakup or she starts becoming more autonomous. I'm I'm mm-hmm. or he, you know, it could be male or female. Right, either way. And then mm-hmm. then suddenly he's pursuing. Then it flips and he's you know, going after her, but usually relationships stay static, which is not healthy. So one person mm-hmm. is always pursuing and the other person is always distancing. And uh, so the debate is basically people are thinking there's no such thing as codependency or it's uh, making people to, quote, independent, unquote, uh, is breaking up marriages, but... I think that they don't really under and and they say how you know marriage and uh, this dependency can be supportive and can help you to grow and all those things build your self esteem and that's true in a healthy relationship but not in a relationship right. where you're always suffering and unhappy and don't get your needs met or are being abused or being emotionally abandoned it just re um, recreates and uh, puts salt on wounds from early childhood. You're just reenacting the childhood drama from your family in an unhealthy way. So you can't really know from the outside of a couple uh, because they might look 
like they're very um, independent, uh-huh. um, but they might be emotionally very dependent. Uh, they might be successful, uh, financially independent, have their own careers, but emotionally they're dependent. Even narcissists. I wrote a blog, Narcissists are Codependent too. So they're very dependent on what you think about them. And, uh, uh, I mean, there's, there's some that never bond and never get in a relationship. But a great many are married and they don't want a divorce. And even mm-hmm. though they, they don't want closeness or they don't want any emotional intimacy, they still want their partner around. And their partner's suffering because <laughs> they're, they're not getting any emotional needs met. But they can't leave. So the right. other thing about codependent yeah. relationships is that they, they, they're afraid to be alone, or once they get attached, they give themselves up. So I wrote another blog about, uh, do I have to lose myself to love you? So a lot of times you have, well, might have a controlling parent, and it's like, or a narcissistic parent. You have to give up who you are to get the love and approval of that parent, and that sets you up for that kind of relationship. Right, because that's the one thing that, and, and I, it, it's a relatively, I, maybe it's, I don't know if I should say it's commonly accepted, but there is this idea that we tend to marry people very similar to whichever one of the parents or maybe the combination of both that we had a difficulty with so that we could you know, work through those issues with our partner. And I don't know if this is part of the codependency concept or not, but um but I think most people try to do it or the idea is that it's done in a healthy way. But if we don't understand what those wounds from our childhood are, we just keep repeating the pattern over and over right. again. And when we understand why we never find good relationships, it's like, well, okay, because we keep picking people who are, you know, who, who exacerbate those wounds instead of help us right. heal them. Yeah. And, you know, Freud um, said, you remember it's a repetition compulsion. You remember or you repeat, you know, and in CODA they say, mm-hmm. or you recover, or you repeat. So it's not enough right. to just know this in childhood. You really have to go into therapy. You have to do the work to f- feel the pain, to heal it. Um, the other thing is there's no boundaries in codependent relationships. So if your partner it feels anxious or guilty or resentful or something, it's like, Right away you think it's your fault and that you have to, like, do something to change it. You might even be blamed by your partner because they're not taking responsibility for their own feelings. So there's this overreaction instead of um, in in a recovered person who's autonomous, they look inside for their resourcing, for their feelings, for their needs, and they're not so other focused. They're not always reacting to somebody else or thinking someone else is going to make them happy or someone else is the cause of their unhappiness or their pain. Um, they look right. I always, themselves. I always get very antsy when one of my clients says that it's their job to make their partner happy. It's like, Oh, please don't. It's like you can't. I mean, that's, that's you right. know, but it's this idea that, 
that if my partner, I mean, it's the same thing, you know, I see it with parents and children that, oh, my goodness, I don't want my child to be unhappy in any way. It's like, okay, well, well, first off, get them out of the bubble wrap, because at some point in time, they're going to be unhappy. And you're setting them so you're setting them up with the inability to deal with their unhappiness or their discomfort or whatever it is. And the same thing is with our partners. It's like, you know, yes, if I'm doing something that is annoying, irksome, bothersome to my partner, yes, I think it's helpful for me to take a step back and go, okay, what's that about? And more to the point, stop it. But if my partner's upset about something and, you know, that I may not have anything to do with, I can't fix it. I mean, happiness is an inside job, right? Yeah, and the person who said that, that it's their responsibility to make the other person happy, they're going to mm-hmm. be self-sacrificing a lot and not taking care of their own needs. And they probably, mm-hmm. uh, maybe unconsciously, think that their partner should make them happy, too. So <laughs> well, it's now, they're going to be yeah, resentful. Right. I mean, but that's kind of what is out there, you know, and it's like, so I, I keep trying to break these myths of people. It's like, that, that's not what the job is. So I'm familiar with codependency um, in terms of, you know, like the um, addiction or language. So you kind of the enabling. Is, code, are, is codependency and codependency and enabling the same thing or are they different? Uh, no, enabling is just uh, a symptom that someone may or may not have who's codependent. So okay. it's like removing the consequences of somebody else's bad behavior or addiction. Okay. So that's, it's just something specific that's not all codependents do that. And it's like caretaking and self-sacrifice to a, you know, a higher level or a more... Or a lower level, um, <laughs> yeah. So an unhealthy level. Do that, yeah. So, for instance, um, is a person who thinks it's her job to make the other person happy. So, if it's with a child, for instance, an adult child, never allowing them to experience pain. So they, yeah, you know, don't look for work, and you support them. They uh, have an addiction, and you keep helping them, give them money, uh, you know, to buy drugs or other things like that. So that would be get out of jail free card. Mm-hmm. So that, is, that would be enabling. Um, you know, when you think that someone else um, is the one that's going to make you happy and when your moods are overly dependent on somebody else's moods, then you have to directly or indirectly try to control them. So that's another element of codependency and codependent couples. You're going to have to oh, interesting. control what they think. You have to please them so they will keep loving you and giving you positive feedback because your self-esteem is now dependent on what they think. And you have to keep making them happy because you think it's your job and you mean they have to deny your feelings, your needs, and you're going to have to control their their feelings and thoughts so you'll be happy. So you, there's okay. less freedom, and then you, there's intimacy, real intimacy suffers because that's based on honesty and autonomy. The irony is you can't really have a healthy, 
interdependent relationship unless you're autonomous. You have to have a separate self and know that you can survive and know that your feelings are separate from the other person. So uh, you might spend a lot of time with your partner, but it may not be that you're codependent because you're equal in the relationship and you each take responsibility for your feelings, your contribution to the relationship. So you can't just go by the physical appearance of a relationship. You could have, Absolutely. Uh, let's say, a wife who doesn't work and she's totally financially dependent on her husband. But she may not be codependent because emotionally they're separate. She may feel good about what she does, whether it's volunteering or... Well, or they may have decided that that's... Yeah, they may have decided that that's just the way they want to live their lives, that it isn't necessarily an, an unhealthy relationship. Exactly. So, and she it may so, have her own opinions and express her needs and her feelings and not feel responsible for those of her husband, whether or not she works or whether or not she has a job. And yet you could see two people who are both professionals, doctors, lawyers, accountants, and they're very codependent. Because emotionally, so, they keep reacting to one another. They try to control one another. They're jealous. They're, um, they, all these you know, negative traits of codependent couples. They may be em- react. Their communication may. How you communicate uh, gives away your self-esteem and your autonomy. If you're blaming, shaming, uh, abusing, uh, you made me do this, right. you know, all those kinds of you statements, you're not taking responsibility for yourself, and it shows low self-esteem and dependency. So I, I always encourage people, you know, you can build your self-esteem even if you don't have it. You can learn to be assertive even if it was never modeled in your family, and all those things okay. help you recover, build your self-esteem, recover from codependency, become more autonomous, all those things you can do for yourself. And I'm going, to, I'm going to ask about that in just a minute, but I have to remind people that this is Happily Ever After. It's just the beginning on webtalkradio.net. I'm Leslie Dorries, and I'm talking to author and therapist Dr. Darlene Lancer about healthy inter- interdependence in relationships, not codependence. And if you struggle in finding a balance between being alone and being connected or involved with your partner. You're not alone, but as we've been talking about, there is a solution. And if you're interested in learning more, I invite you to take a moment and get in touch with me and take advantage of my free, no obligation, create your happily ever after transformation session. You can reach me at Leslie, L-E-S-L-I, at foundationscoachingnc.com. That's F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-S, coaching, N as in Nancy, C as in Charlie.com. Or you can give me a call at area code 919-924-0463. And I want to get back to this difference between the characteristics of a codependent couple and and interdependent couples. And we're talking about, so um, Darlene, Dr. Lancy, you were talking about people being able to hold on to themselves, having their own sense of self-worth, not defining themselves by how their partner feels. So exactly. can I give what, you some examples? Please do. <laughs> so <clears throat> I'm going to describe two couples. 
This is elaborated in my book, Codependency for Dummies, the Joneses and the mm-hmm. Browns, okay? And they both, they okay. meet, you know, every week, and they play doubles tennis, okay? So, All right. Now, and what one couple is interdependent and the other one is codependent. So the okay. Jones consider each other best friends, and they enjoy tennis tournaments. They socialize with the other couples they meet. Uh, they leave uplifted, relaxed. They're able to talk about the challenges in their game, uh, their mistakes, their strategies. Uh, they have an attitude of helping one another and their game, and they support one another. Okay, then uh-huh. you have the Browns, and they also play doubles tennis every weekend, and they spend a lot of time <laughs> together too. And they think that they're best friends too. But okay. maybe the wife has tried to quit because she doesn't feel good about her game, but her husband threatens to, uh, well, I'm going to go do the tennis circuit alone if you don't go with me. And mm-hmm. so she's, maybe she's late getting ready because she really is doing what she doesn't want to do to please her husband. And he's angry. Right. And she feels guilty. And then they don't talk on the way to the game. And then afterwards, he criticizes her about her playing. And this is why she's not looking forward to playing. And they, uh-huh. um, they don't usually socialize afterwards unless they win. But even then, the husband keeps in trying to improve her game. So he's critical of her. So that's one type okay. of sen- scenario. So the uh-huh. Joneses, they, they're cooperative, and they treat each other with respect, even if they make mistakes. Um, they're fed by each other's company and they're able to be close and reveal their flaws or their weaknesses. Now, the Browns, they're emotionally reactive and it's not safe. It's not safe for her to be open or close because they're each incomplete and reacting to one another. Um, They might have romantic moments um, or romantic rituals where they feel like one, but they, then they boomerang into being reactive again. And there's a power imbalance in my example. The husband's sure. abusive emotionally. Uh-huh. And she tries mm-hmm. to express her power and the, her hidden anger by being chronically late. She can't quit because she's afraid of abandonment. Um, but so is he, so he threatens but he doesn't really do it on his own. So they keep uh-huh. them, they're in bondage to one another, and they can't talk about their problems. It's and all both of them are miserable. Yeah. <laughs> it's they all, more they than talk likely. about the game, but they don't talk about the real problems and how right. it's unsafe. And they're both unhappy. So how do people move? You know, because... And like you said, if you're just looking on the outside, you may not be able to tell, although I think if somebody were listening to um, the codependent couple, they, they might pick up some, some clues because there would be the um, silences, the, the not personal conversations, the not supporting each other. But how do people move um, from well, first off, how do they recognize if they're in codependent relationships, and then how do they work to become more interdependent? Have a have a more interdependent relationship. Well, the first thing, a, a lot of 
codependence, the biggest obstacle to recovery is denial. I devote a whole chapter in, in it. <laughs> in codependence yeah. for dummies because it's not just denial that they're um, in a codependent, that they're codependent. Uh, often they're okay. in, in denial that they're being abused. Uh, they are That's true. in denial of their feelings. And researchers show that um, many people who can't name and identify and feel their feelings are vulnerable to being abused because your feelings are your internal guidance system. And if you've been shamed or your feelings weren't honored in childhood and one ignored or belittled or in some way, uh, you know, sometimes negative feelings are not okay, only be happy. Uh, some right. families are just not discussed at all. So mm-hmm. then it's harder for you to um, know that you're, it's sometimes people cry and they don't even know why. So you can't really mm-hmm. identify what's wrong. Even, or you're not allowed to be angry because maybe your parent was always angry and, and punished you for speaking up. So your anger right. is also guiding you that something's wrong and you need to speak up or, or protect yourself or set a boundary. So learning to, there's so many elements to recovery of codependency. So the first is uh-huh. to, um, you know, if you're in denial, how do you know you're in denial? Well, I have a list, I have a blog about that, and I go into it in my book. But, you know, if you're always thinking, I wish things were different, if only he would this Mm -hmm. or she would that, or maybe when he gets a better job, or maybe when I have children, or maybe after the wedding, you know, there's something (laughs) in the future that's going to change. Uh, Those are some signs. Um, and minimizing your pain, keeping secrets. You don't tell family or friends about, you know, how he calls you bad names or how your wife uh, doesn't take care of the children. You'd be too ashamed Mm -hmm. to say that you have to do all the cooking and cleaning and everything like that if you're the husband doing both jobs or hiding addiction or abuse. So those are some clues that you're in denial. Minimization, rationalization, justification, those are all forms right. of denial. Different levels. Yes, I've you actually... You may know I've that you're being had, abused. Sorry. Yeah, I've actually had a client say to me, you know, because I was pointing out some of the things that was happening, and, you know, and the response was, well, he doesn't hit me, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, yes, you're minimizing, or, you know, it's not that bad. And I think that's, I think that's another clue. It's like, if you ever say to yourself, it's not that bad, that's right. Maybe that's a clue that something's wrong. Yeah, so um, trusting yourself is part of recovery. And someone would say that if they have very low expectations of what they deserve. So we, usually, mm-hmm. we communicate to people how to treat us. And that's based on what we feel we deserve and how much self-love, self-worth we have. And shame is the you know, core symptom of codependency. Right. Um, so quickly, because yeah. I know that, um, so I know that we're coming up close to time. So, yeah. so is there a, so how do people do this? I mean, obviously getting some, some outside help, obviously reading your book, codependency for dummies. Uh, what else could people do? They can go to codependence anonymous. If they okay. have a, 
if they don't find any meetings in their area, there's um, you can Google code of phone meetings. There's international you know meetings all the time. You can find an mm-hmm. Al-Anon meeting, A-L-A-N-O-N. The program is mm-hmm. very similar, even though it addresses uh, alcoholism. But you may have um, addiction in your family, even if it's not with your partner. So right. uh, that's and getting, yes, getting help. Uh, I also have a blog on signs of uh, relationship problems. So, you know, you could go through that checklist. And uh, tuning into your own feelings. It's when you want to change, people write about, you know, there's a book out called Attachment, and they say, well, there's no thing, you know, codependencies, that doesn't exist. There's just like different attachment styles. But it's interesting, the tips they give are basically how to recover from codependency. Right. (laughs) So you can change, and I have a blog, you know, how to change your attachment style and there's a quiz on there like to find out what yours is and the steps oh really how interesting yeah the steps to recover are the same as recovering from codependency this is a matter of you're avoidant or anxious you know you have to learn to be autonomous you have to learn to be assertive and set boundaries you have to build your self-esteem these are all doable no matter how far down the, the progressed your codependency is, and there's stages that I discuss on my website and in my book. Mm-hmm. You can turn that around, and instead of a negative feedback loop where you're going downhill, turn that around into a positive feedback loop, and you feel better and better and better. You build on that. Okay, so we're talking about the book that you wrote, Codependency for Dummies, which I'm going to assume is available at Amazon. It is digital and paper. And then if you uh, relate to shame, I wrote a book on conquering shame. And mm-hmm. I have e-books on building yourself and webinars on building your self-esteem, learning to be assertive, um, a self-love meditation is on there. There's a lot of uh, information. If you're in love with a narcissist, I have a book for you on that. <laughs> <laughs> So and and people can find this where? What can you share your website? Sure, links to my talks, my books, my Facebook page, uh, my YouTube's are all uh, at whatiscodependency.com. Okay, so all that's all one word. What is codependency? Yeah. Okay, which I think is is great because you know I'm I'm not a big fan necessarily of labeling stuff, and maybe that's where we all get caught up. Um, but if you're actually having some serious difficulties in your relationship, and by the way, if it's also in more than one relationship that you're involved with, um, because if you can't create boundaries, if you tend to give yourself up, if you do these things that have been described today as codependency, then we don't care what necessarily what you call it. It's causing you problems. And you know, the real question, as you said, isn't whether it's codependence versus interdependence. You know, the, the, the distinction is real, and it's really important. And the interdependence is the foundation for the healthy and happy relationships that we all deserve. And codependence creates problems for us. So if you've recognized yourself today, I encourage you to please, 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 um, Keep listening to the show. Get in touch, you know, with um, 
Dr. Lancer's information. And until next week, stay loving.